morning, DCF. Thank you so much for joining us online today. And if this is your first time joining, thanks for choosing DCF as your church this morning. Uh, my name is Valerie Weisiger, and this is my sweet husband, Dave. And we are on eldership team here at the church with Dave and Karen Hale. Uh, we just wanted to say a quick thank you for your flexibility and understanding as we transition back to online services for the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be sure to keep everybody up to date of what's going on or if there are any announcements that we need to let you know about. I know that specifically this week, we are standing with Dave and Karen as they recover from uh, coronavirus and just know that the Lord's hand is on them and healing. We are really thankful to be in relationship uh, with Northlands Church out just outside of Atlanta um, and are excited to tell you that we are going to actually stream their worship and a message today. Uh, we'll be streaming in a segment of worship from JJ, Nate, and Amaris, some of their worship leaders out there. And followed by worship, we're going to hear a message from Greg Haswell, the lead elder at Northlands Church. He's been wrapping up a series um, called Anchors for the Soul. And this one is Anchor of Love, which is going to kick off our series of love over the next few weeks. So thank you again for joining us. Please, we just welcome you to pray with us this morning as we mm -hmm. enter into worship and hear a message from Greg just about the goodness and love of God. Amen. Lord, we just worship you this morning and... Uh, we come before you with um, open hearts, mm -hmm. open eyes, and open ears, Lord. You are good. You are here. Um, and we just worship you this morning. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. same God who never fails, you won't fail me now. No, you won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley.
Places of our hearts that still haven't found belonging. May they find it in you, Jesus. We are not an orphan. We're not forgotten. We're not forsaken. We declare that truth over our lives. We declare that identity over our lives. That where you are, so will we be found. We're safe with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, friends, and welcome to this service this week. We've been going through a, a series called Anchors for the Soul, and today we're going to talk about God's love. This series is about finding anchors in our storms. It's definitely not a five-part series on how to avoid storms, because storms will come. Jesus said, when the storm hits the house, the wise builder's house will stand because it's anchored in the rock. So we're not trying to deny the storms, but to find ways to anchor ourselves in the middle of them. So this series is about us strengthening the anchors for our souls so that when we're in the storms, we remain rock steady and anchored in our walk with the Lord. None of us are immune to the frustrations of this season. None of us have escaped the loss of routine or the comfort of our calendar schedules. We'd all like for things to go back the way they used to be. We'd all like our frustrations dissipated. We're all hoping for good news. We're all looking for the end of this COVID season. But in these moments when torrential rain may have obscured my view and when there are no landmarks visible, 
when it's all I can do to see right in front of my face, in those moments, we all need anchors. We need compasses, something that holds us and anchors us beyond the storm that faces us, that'll keep us safe and it'll keep us going in the right direction. But if we're going to have those anchors for our souls, we have to learn and develop this habit of fixing our eyes on things that are beyond these current circumstances, fixing our eyes beyond the storm. If we want to be anchored beyond these waves, if we want to be held secure, it's going to have to be anchored beyond the winds that buffet us. We have to be anchored, preferably, in eternal things. And so this idea that the scripture says, set your eyes not on the things you can see, but on unseen realities, the eternal things. And so I want to take us to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, because this is what Paul says. And he says, these three remain faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, the real danger of this message is that you hear it through the ears of a legalist, which, let's face it, mankind has been doing for thousands of years. We're talking today about being anchored in love. And I'm not talking about you need to rally yourself and stir up more love for God. This is not our rededication to show God that we love Him, but it's a rededication to keep ourselves in His love, the love that He has for us. See, God's love is an anchor for our souls. And so today we're going to focus not how much on we love God, but on how much He loved us. And we're going to keep ourselves, immerse ourselves in His love. Because when we immerse ourselves in His love, it has this habit of spilling out from us. And we learn to love other people and we learn to reciprocate. We love Him back. In Jude chapter 20, there's this great admonition, this great charge from Jude. He says, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Then he says this, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Keep yourself in God's love. What an interesting concept. Keep yourself in the love of God. It's almost like he thinks it's under our control. Keep yourself in God's love. Pray in the Spirit. Make every effort to build up your faith so that you can keep yourself in God's love. Because the more we are immersed, the more we have our souls saturated and immersed in His love, the easier it is to love ourselves and love other people and then to love God with all our hearts. So if there's anything that we should be doing, that is to keep ourselves in God's love. See, when you get into the middle of a storm, when it's raging around you, when, you, when every landmark you know has been obliterated by the rain and you are standing in the middle of this thing, buffeted by the winds, there needs to be an anchor for your soul that holds beyond the current circumstances. And that's what we're dealing with in these circumstances. And I wish my prayer for our churches that we would be those kind of people who build up these anchors rock steady, immovable, full of peace, full of grace, full of joy. I want the people around us to think that we don't understand the gravity because uh, there must be such a profound difference on the lives of those who love and know the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our anchor for our souls. He does bring us peace in the middle. He does lay a table for us in the presence of our enemies. This is the God that He is. And so I, I just really wanted to say this as loudly as I can today. One of the greatest anchors of our souls is that we keep ourselves, as Jude said, in God's love. 
Not that we stir up our love for God. Not that we bring a fervent, more fervent devotion. Not that we do more effort, but that we keep ourselves in the magnificent love that God has for us. So there's three things I want to talk about today on how I think we can apply Jude's admonition to us. Keep yourself in the love of God. Number one, we can be reassured. So with Jude's encouragement, let me take you uh, to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8 from verse 35, this is the well-known passage of Paul. He's talking about the magnificent love of God and he says you need to be reassured. He says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced, I am reassured, I am settled in this truth that neither death nor life, nor angel, nor demon, nor the present, nor the future, nor any other power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is neither death nor life. There's nothing in this world or nothing beyond this world. Neither angel nor demon, there is no spiritual entity. Neither the present or the future. There is no history in your past, your present or your future. There are no powers, no existing authority. There is neither height nor depth. There is no geography or position in this world, nor anything else in all of creation. Not one single created thing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Because when Jesus came and when He died a substitutionary death and when God raised Him and He offered that sacrifice once and for all in the presence of God. And God completely accepted the sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf. And Jesus sat down forever waiting for His church to come home. When Jesus did that, then you and I, friends, had an open door that was open to us and there is nothing in all of creation can separate you from His love. Be reassured in this. Settle yourself down when your heart and your mind are racing. If you're feeling confused, reassure yourself with this. Nothing anywhere in any direction for any amount of time can separate me from the eternal, abounding, unbelievably massive love of God for me. If you were here in the building with me, we'd all do a happy dance right now. Not your own weaknesses, not your own mistakes, nor even your rebellions, not the enemy's lies or accusations or traps, no other people's discouragements or belittlings. No one but you can remove you from the love of God. Let me say that again. There is nothing but you that can remove you from the love of God. That's why Jude says, keep yourself in God's love. See, even the prodigal sitting amongst the pig slop realized and reassured himself of his father's fundamental nature. And that understanding, that reassurance produced action in him when he went home to his dad and said, I'm so sorry I messed up. But there is no entity. There is no history. There is no authority. There is no geography. And there is no created thing that has any authority to keep you away from the love of God. We are being offered the same revelation that Paul had. Do these current hardships have the power to remove me from God's love? 
No, not even close. In all of these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors. From petty frustrations to major fears, none of them have power to move us. If Paul's troubles and hardships and persecutions and famines and nakedness and danger or sword did not have power to separate him from the love of God, our frustrations, our minor inconveniences, our discomforts, our hampered preferences and our curtailed freedoms won't either. We are reassured. We remain convinced. This is inviolate. This is set in stone and will not be amended. The love of God for you is perpetual and it's eternally set aside for you in Christ Jesus. Paul said, no, in all of these things, in all of these things, in the middle of the storm and in the winds and the pressures and the accusations, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. He didn't say we are more than conquerors through us rallying ourselves and stirring ourselves up again. He said we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. It is the love of God that allows us to conquer, not our own efforts. Our conquering is through the one who loves us. Let me say it again as loudly and clearly as I can. Your father loves you with a great and immense ocean of love and nothing in all of creation can stop his great offer for you to experience that love anytime you want it. He means for you to be reassured. See, Greg, I'm in a storm. I want to reassure you. This storm has no power. It has no authority to remove you one millimeter away from the love of God. The love of God is still directed to you, and it is still unbelievably massive towards you. I want to just say, take a moment. I dare you to go to that scripture again and read it for yourself during the week. Read it out loud if you need to. Say, I reassure myself for I am convinced, Paul said. I have been reassured. I am settled in this truth. I am absolutely sure this is the truth over my life. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Be reassured. The second thing we need to be, according to the scriptures, is rooted. Again, remembering Jude's encouragement to keep ourselves in the love of God. Let me take you to Ephesians 3. Now, now that you're reassured, we need to take the next step. We need to be rooted in love. Ephesians 3 verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. And I pray that out of His glorious riches, He might strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high and wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul said, I pray that you would have power to grasp. That word literally means to lay hold of effectively how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love to Know it by experience. I want you to lay hold of effectively and know by experience the love of God for you. Paul piles up metaphors in the scripture. He talks about dwelling and being rooted and being grounded in love. 
And Jude said, keep yourself in the love of God. So take some time to root yourself in God's love. That, so that when you do, and you say, Greg, how do I do that? Well, take a little moment this week to meditate on God's love. Draw yourself into His presence. Wait in anticipation for Him to show you and let Him ex- give you the experience of His love, this awesome, beautiful love for you. Because His love is going to be an anchor for your soul through no matter what storms are coming, no matter what hardships you face. Paul said, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love will have power together with all the saints to grasp how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ so that you can know this love that surpasses knowledge. You can experience this thing that will literally blow your mind because it's so massive. You were created, friends, to be rooted and grounded in love. There is no other grounding for your life or mind that makes any sense. You were designed. Human beings are designed to be rooted in love and to have a great and personal knowledge of that love's immensity. In in that idea, God created you. He created you in His image. Without that, without being rooted in love, we become a tiny warped parody of who we were created to be. God designed human beings to be rooted and grounded in the immense ocean of His love. God wants you strengthened so that internally, so that you can grasp, that you can lay hold of this effectively, that you can get a solid grip on the love of God. So let me ask you, have you laid hold of God's love effectively? Do you know it deeply? Greg, I'm not really sure. Well, then you can make something of it this week that you can come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to pray the same prayer Paul prayed. "I I want to ask you to strengthen me so that I can have power to grasp and to know this love, to grasp and to experience. I want to lay hold of it and I want to drink deeply of it. God, give me power. And this is something that Paul said is for all God's people. He wants you to have a soaking revelation and an intimate experience of God's love. It is not meant for just a secluded secluded spiritual few, but for all of God's people. Paul prayed this prayer. He said, so that you, together with all of the saints, together with all of God's people, I want this for every single saint. I'm praying for you that God would strengthen you so that you could grab hold of and taste and see. Paul says, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit gives you internal strength as you are rooted in love and so that you can then begin to get some idea of the immensity and the dimension of the love of God and you can experience that love while you search it out. Friends, you and I were designed to be rooted in love. God wants you reassured that His love will never never leave you, but He also wants you rooted in that love. He wants you to settle deep roots within it. He wants it to be anchors for your soul. He wants you to be so utterly uh, full and convinced of the love of God, not just up here, but in here. He wants you to experience that love. He wants it to be a real, deep, and meaningful hold on your life. He wants the love of God to be the thing that motivates out of that love every act proceeds because the love of God is the foundation for what he called you to. You being rooted and established in love will have power together with all of God's people to grasp and to taste this great love. God wants you reassured 
And He wants you rooted. And thirdly, He wants you reliant. See, Jude said, keep yourself in the love of God. I'm going to tell you, you you can be reassured by it. You you can be rooted in it. Now, take some time this week. This is not just a one-time, I heard it in the sermon, I think I've got it. No, this is going to take a little time for you to go, to seek after, to pray the same prayer Paul prayed. Say, Lord... Could you, could you fill me up with the love of God? Could you, could you strengthen me so I could grasp it? Could you, could you give me a handle on it? Could you allow me to stretch my arms in the spirit around the love of God, even the, how wide and broad and high and deep it is, and just to, to feel the immensity of that love and to be saturated by it? But we also need to learn to be reliant on that love. See, keep yourselves in the love of God. Let me take you to 1 John 4. In 1 John 4, the whole chapter is this great chapter on love. It's written by the, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's, what he, that's how he introduced himself. He, he didn't use his own name. He just used, oh, he talked about himself in the third person. Oh, he's the disciple that Jesus loved. What a great way, what a great person to listen to when he starts to say, you need to learn to rely on the love of God for you. See, Peter was always trying to make up. Peter was always trying to declare, I will do this. Even though these will fall away, I never will. And Jesus said, Peter, today you're going to deny me. This, 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 this passion to rely on our own strength and the, our own devotion to the Lord and our own love for Him, that will always run short. But, but John the Beloved said, no, I'm the disciple that he loves. He relied on the love that Jesus had for him, not just the love that he had for his Savior. 1 John 4, 16 says this. And so we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. It's a fascinating argument that John makes throughout this chapter. And let me just run it through for you very briefly. But I, I can't, if, you, if you're interested in if you're serious about this, go and read 1 John chapter 4 during the week and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you about His love. But he basically says, listen, love comes from God. And if you can't love, you've never been born of God because God is love. And anybody who's born of God manifests the love of God. And since God loves us so deeply, we need to love one another. And if we live in love, God is going to live in us. So we, we learn to know and rely on the love that God has for us. Now, anyone who lives in love, remember, lives in God and God in them. And now that love, if you live in that love, it's going to drive away all fear of judgment because judgment has to do with punishment and love drives that out. We love Him because He first loved us. That means that our love for God proceeds from His love for, for us. Do not imagine that God will be as impressed with your declarations of how much you love Him if you haven't uh, just taken some time to drink deeply of the love that He has for you. Your reception of His love will validate your offering of love back to Him. If we claim to love God, but we hate other people, then He says, you're just lying to yourself. That's not true. Because anyone who loves God must also love their fellow man. 
The one vision of the Bible says in verse 16, and we have come to an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in that love that He has for us. I like that vision. I have come to an intimate experience of the love of God for me and I trust. I am reliant on that love. I'm reassured, I'm rooted, but I'm also reliant on the love that God has for me. And this is where the love of God, the Father comes as an anchor for our souls. I learn to rely on the love that God has for me. I lean back. I assume it to be true. I let it permeate my thoughts. It changes the way I act. It changes the way I think. It changes my responses because I've learned to rely on His love. And when I am down or if I am scared and when there's no visible way that I can see to get through this, when I don't think that I have what it takes, when the tide is against me, when the waves obscure my vision, I rely on the fact that God loves me and His love is always available to me. Now, there are many people who are listening to the sound of my voice and you have met the Lord and you have had encounters with Him and you have known His love. I just want to... I just dare you to go and meditate, go and tell the story one more time about how you met Him. Those moments of encounter, what a deep move in your heart by the Spirit of God. If you have nothing to do over the meals this week, I dare you to recount to your family. If there's people that you're with, I dare you to recount the stories of your encounters with God. Those moments that you met with Him, stir it up in you, say it out loud because you need to go back to those moments of encounters and learn to rely on them. Because once God has given them to you, they are yours forever. You can stir them up. You can go back to those same places in God anytime you choose. Keep yourself in the love of God. He is ever trustworthy. He is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Nothing can ever pluck you out of His hand. So learn to rely on that love. Expect it. Make demands of it. Respond to it, reciprocate it, celebrate it. Some of us need to go and say, God loves me. We need to say it out loud 50 times, 100 times a day until we learn to rely on it internally. And then we can settle back to enjoy the reality of this. Now, when the legalists were trying to pin Jesus down on, okay, okay, Jesus, just explain to us exactly how to encapsulate the law. What is the perfect legal thing that we should do? And Jesus said, the whole law is summed up in these two ideas. You should love God and you should love people. See, Friends, we need to learn to rely on the love that God has for us. So how can you learn to rely on that love? Well, I'm going to encourage you this week. Tell the stories about your encounters with God. Tell us the moments when God moved in your heart. Tell us those beautiful supernatural things. Tell us the times when you were down and God's word came through and lifted you up. Tell us again the stories of our God. Remind yourself who He is and what He said about you. And you'll discover the more you talk about them, the more you're back exactly in that same moment, the more you're celebrating once again the beauty of who He is. And that will have some effect on you. You and I need to learn to rely. John said, so we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. In that same chapter, he says, friends, this is love. Not that we love God, 
but that He loved us and He sent His Son to be our atoning sacrifice. This is the manifestation of love. Not all our feeble efforts to get to God, but His perfect effort to get to us. He loved us that much. He loved us beyond our weaknesses. He loved us beyond our rebellions. He loved us beyond the pressures of our life. He loved us beyond the accusation of the enemy. He loved us beyond our own ability to keep going. He loved us beyond all of that. So we know and we rely on that love. This is especially good news when you're in a storm. Because when you're tired and when you don't know what to do and when you don't know where to go and you're about to give up, you can just anchor yourself in the love that God has for you. That's why this love is an anchor for our soul. So friends, God wants you to be reassured. His love for you will never fade away. If you're in Christ Jesus, there is a massive open door for all time, for all eternity, for all who believe. And anytime you like, you can experience the love of Christ. Be reassured. Be rooted in that love. Make some effort. Keep yourself in that love. Spend some time in the scriptures. Spend some time in prayer saying, Lord, could you, could you give me this profound gift? I want to know this love. I want to, I want to let it drip from, I want to just taste it and see the beauty of it. And I want this love to ooze out of my life. I want it to flow out of me onto everybody. I want the love of God to so consume my life. I want to be so rooted and grounded in love that everybody I meet tastes it. So when you're reassured and when you're rooted, you learn to rely on that love. Because if you're reassured and rooted and reliant on His love, that love is going to flow out of you and it's going to change the world around you and it's going to clear the storm at least from your heart and mind until it clears the storm from your sight as well. God's love is an anchor for our souls. Sometimes it takes a storm, unfortunately, to settle a firmer grip and to get clear about what are the anchors for our souls. When times are good, when the weather's beautiful, we don't feel the need to have an anchor for our souls. But in these moments, in times like this, this is the beautiful object lesson of this moment. This is why I think this is a profound season. This is a massive gift and God is offering it to us as a congregation. Here is an opportunity for you to learn how to be anchored in eternity, to be held firm and steadfast, full of peace, overflowing with joy and righteousness. For the kingdom is not about eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. God's love is an anchor for our souls and it will hold us firm and steady. It is the most important. It is the fundamental anchor for every human soul. This week, I want to encourage you to take a little moment when you can. Just draw away. Separate yourself to the Father and say, Father, would you show me your love? And then just sit there and drink. Just let him love you. Just soak it in. I don't know if there's somebody in your life that really deeply, honestly loves you. I'm sure we've all had somebody in our life at one stage that did that for us. What was it like to be held by them? Just to be held secure and for them to whisper to you how much they love you. Now I'm inviting you this week, as often as you want, to carve out a little time, to separate yourself, to go and sit on the Father's lap, Put your head against his chest 
Feel him put his arms around you. Listen to the beat of his heart and listen for his voice telling you about how much he loves you. This is the great opportunity of our time. This is the lesson that we're called to learn, to have anchors for our soul that go further than the storms we're currently in. Thank you so much, Greg, for that great word on love. We are so excited to see what the Lord is going to do over the next couple of weeks in this new series. And just a few things I wanted to remind you of that just because we are not in the building does not mean that we're not available. So if you have a need or a prayer request, please reach out to somebody. You can contact us through diffincf.com, our Facebook page, or email and phone numbers if you have them. So we are here for you, even if we're not physically in the building. The other thing is that there are still ways to give. Um, we can give online at dothancf.com. You can set up automatic bill pay through your bank. And you can still mail checks into the church. We're still getting those. And so we've just been so blessed at your generosity that we've been able to bless others in this time, whether it's food, literal shelter, uh, money to supplement job loss. We are so honored at your generosity and thankful for you. So we look forward to seeing you next week at the same time, same place. God bless you.